Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
please, please take, take care of him. Make sure he's safe. Make sure he lives a happy life. Never, never tell him of this. Do you understand? Yes. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. I don't want to. Please don't. It's the only way, Serena. Or else, who knows what the One Church will do to him. Make him do. You've seen what they do to the others. Do, do you want that life for him? Just let me hold him one last time. We... we need to hurry, Doran. Have some goddamn pity for the woman, man. She's about to lose her son. Goodbye, my little angel. My little Radu. The darkness shrank into a vague miasma of flickering orange light as candles cast a warm aura across the room. It contrasted with the cold stone floor upon which his aching back had been resting for God knows how long. What the hell had happened? The last thing he remembered was that hideous thing, Gothamir, crushing him in its tentacled grip. But then he remembered the other thing, the terrible, barely conceivable thing that overshadowed his attacker. He remembered its non-traditional geometries, an affront to all things rational and sane, and the look in its eyes was one of lost epochs, spans of time beyond which even the universe could remember. He didn't want to think about it, but like most traumas, it buried itself in his mind like some psychic sliver. A needle wouldn't be able to pluck it out. It was a scar upon his mental world, a deep wound that went all the way to the bones of his person, his spirit. His mind went to the dream he'd just had, yet another puzzle piece he was yet to find a home for. Who were those people, and why were they giving away their child? All questions he was sure the voice wouldn't answer. He could deduce they were foreign, Russian or Romanian perhaps. Didn't the voice mention something about him being from Romania? There had to be a connection. It was too much of a coincidence to be some random, off-the-cuff comment. Wesley got up from the floor. His clothes were ripped to shreds, and he was covered in all manner of grotesque fluids and organic matter. What the hell had happened? Where was Gothamir? He treaded across the room, shadows growing and shrinking across the walls as the candlelight fluttered in response to the cool drafts entering the room. There was a terrible smell in the air, a noxious stench that caused his stomach to turn. As Wesley shuffled across the floor, his foot hit something. It was wet and meaty, and the moment he put pressure on it, it squelched like the viscera of a gutted fish. Then, with trepidation, he looked down and saw a gory mass of tentacles, mouths, and eyeballs, all in a state of extreme mutilation. He followed the trail of severed parts until he eventually came upon the giant throne at the far side of the room. There, heaped on the seat, was the eviscerated form of Gothamir. It was hard to tell what was what. Its many mouths seemed ripped off and clamped onto other parts of its amorphous body, and its eye stalks had been cast all over the room and smeared across the walls. Severed tentacles lay strewn upon the room as if they had been plucked off like the limbs of a daddy long legs. The left side of its body was gone as if something massive had taken a bite out of it. Atop its head, if it could be called that, was the chandelier that once hung from the ceiling. 
functioning as a mock crown. The scene was something out of a nightmare he couldn't wake up from. He stiffened as he realized whatever had done this may still be in the room. But he didn't hear or see anything. Besides the door he entered, he couldn't see any other apparent entrance. There seemed to be one way in and one way out. But there was no way to know what kind of secret passages or hidden doors there were in this place. He imagined if something like what he saw wanted in, it would come in. Doors be damned. Are you just going to stand around like a moron or what? There you are. I was beginning to get my hopes up that you'd somehow left. Oh, little Wesley, you can never be rid of me. I assure you that. What the hell was that thing in the room with us? The thing that killed Gothamir? I haven't the foggiest, but it took care of our little problem. Now stop standing around like a fucking idiot and leave before it decides to come back. <sighs> nice to have you back, asshole. Wesley walked over to the oversized wooden door and turned the knob. It was unlocked again. He slowly pushed it open, allowing only one eye to see down the hall outside. It was empty, flurries of dust floating, tiny motes occasionally sparkling as they caught the glimpse of torchlight. He cautiously opened the door and stepped out into the corridor. The bones of the giant mansion moaned under the weight of so much time and rot giving the place an ominous score that Wesley would much rather not hear. He remembered the rooms Moffat and Vorn hid in, and so made his way quietly down various throated hallways. He first came upon Vorn's room and creaked open the door. The room was a black tomb, silence pervading its spaces as surely as the dust that settled upon its cold stone floor. Vorn, Vorn, are you in here? It's me, Wes. What are you doing? Fucking Christ, Cyrus! Don't you know how to warn someone before you sneak up behind them? I believe that would defeat the purpose of sneaking up behind someone. <sighs> I'm looking for Vorin. What the hell does it look like I'm doing? Well, he's not in there. He's in the room I was in. What happened to the split up in case one of us gets captured bit? I thought we were sold on that plan. That was until we heard the terrible noises coming from the room you were in. He wanted to know what we should do. And what were you going to do? What did you want us to do, man? Bust the door down and throw down with whatever was in there? There was no point in us dying too. But look, your fit is a fiddle. Everything worked out. That sniveling fucking coward. Just like a Moffat to save its own skin. I'll yet see you elbows deep in that one's guts. Wesley ignored the voice, brushing it off as just another Moffat-centric tirade. Something, something else was in there. Something horrible. It killed Gothamir. Vorn walked out of the shadows behind Moffat and gave Wesley a smile. There you are. Uh, I don't know. I, I passed out. Well, I imagine we and your psychotic little friend out there, Esmir, weren't the only things he had pent up in the bowels of this place. Perhaps one of them got loose and decided it was time for some revenge. Well, if it's still here, I don't want to be around when it comes back. It's good to see you're okay, Wesley. Thanks, Vorn. Speaking of Esmir, have you guys seen him? We still have to get out of this goddamn place. Things went quiet only recently. Not sure if he made it. 
But we've got to get out those doors. If they captured him again, I imagine they're back down in the dungeons, putting him away once more. There was a particular sting to Vorin's coldness toward Esmir. Wesley had developed a specific affinity for the madman. He was undoubtedly a horrible creature, but despite that, Wesley liked him for some reason. The three gathered in a tight group and carefully made their way back to the main hall, hushing their footsteps to the best of their ability. As they slipped through serpentine-like hallways, they began to hear some sounds. Wesley could hear someone talking, begging. Please, please, I I won't tell anyone. I'll, I'll keep your escape a secret, I swear. No, 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 that's not what I desire at all, my feeble friend. My presence here must be stained in blood, blessed in the fluids of the serpent's disparate shades. He is in you, you see, and I must see him out, decorate these walls with all the colors of his soul. Esmir, you made it. Ah, my friends from the beyond. I'm glad to see you've made it. But I must caution you. I came up here for a reason, to partake of Gothamir's blood, for it must return whence it came. The Rising Serpent demands it. A uh, little update on that. Um, Gothamir's dead, ripped apart. As he attacked me, something else came into the room, tearing him to hell. Sorry. Esmer seemed almost to deflate before their eyes, his face a mix of disappointment and longing. Hmm, that means I must find another vessel of similar pedigree. And for that, my friends, we must leave this place, scour Misereth for a viable replacement. With that, Esmir swung open the doors. Their screeching hinges were drowned by the chaos of the town. Plumes of smoke snaked into the sky as screams and caterwauls echoed through the streets. As Riva marched through the open gates of Misereth, Salvatore practically shook in his boots. Many of the deformed denizens of the town stared in shock, as they were under the impression the Malsair had died. But when Riva removed his mask and uttered his first curse, and a group of heavily robed mutants spewed their insides onto the ground in heaves, they quickly became aware of his vitality. Salvatore complimented the man's power with a barrage of bullets, each finding their mark in the foreheads of incoming deformities bent on the pair's destruction. Dozens of Misereth's defenders rushed toward Riva with crooked blades and wicked swords, but Riva's words spewed out like lava from the mouth of a volcano, reducing his would-be assailants to ash which was then promptly scattered by mysterious gales of wind. Riva didn't stop. Houses began to come alive, their wooden bodies splitting apart, forming long splintered teeth that crunched down on their occupants, grinding them up like the gnashing teeth of a hungry wolf. 
as Ruha's whispered curses rose to screams. Salvatore saw a cloaked figure sneak up behind him. His mag empty, he took a deep breath and charged, smashing into the disfigured thing. <clears throat> the tentacles beneath its robe writhed wildly upon impact, attempting to entangle Salvatore. But after slamming a new magazine home, he stuffed the muzzle of his rifle down the thing's throat. Take this, you fucking slimy piece of shit! The thing could only manage a gurgle before its head was transformed into a plume of red mist. Salvatore's adrenaline was in full swing now. He began firing into the crowds of congregated Miserithians, pieces of their body flinging into the air, the armor-piercing rounds making Swiss cheese of the being's otherworldly physiology. He even tossed a few grenades into the ramshackle houses, watching their occupants fly out in gory pieces. Meanwhile, Riva was turning the town into an infernal landscape. Mutants were turning inside out, geysers of boiling blood exploding from the bodies of his assailants. Houses tumbled and fell upon their occupants and those not wise enough to keep their distance. Riva's mouth leaked rivulets of acid that sizzled on the ground, and black exhaust heaved from his open maw like the smokestack of some massive factory. The scars around his mouth blazed vermilion, stretching further up his face like tiny streams expanding in a flood. But he kept going, and Salvatore realized this was the first time he'd seen Riva mad. This wasn't simply about getting his friends back. This was revenge. By the time the screaming stopped, the first few blocks of the town were as much a corpse as the mutilated bodies peppering its cobblestone streets. The pair moved deeper into town, Riva's eyes searching for any excuse to utter those infernal words again, to enunciate his hatred and burning curses. However, those remaining cowered as they passed, unwilling to further test the creature that could summon hell. Salvatore, for his part, maintained a stern glower sensing that these creatures could, at any moment, attack. He could see, no, feel, there was no good in these things, that they were completely and utterly corrupt. He'd never experienced that, a tangible foulness that practically permeated the air. It almost sickened him, as much as those accursed words that blasted from Riva's mouth. As they walked the streets, Salvatore saw a familiar hunched figure hiding behind a wood-rotted barrel, lying on its side near the mouth of a darkened alleyway. There's that fucking asshole. Come here, you piece of shit. Salvatore rushed to the barrel and kicked it aside to reveal a cowering a gruel. His flesh was even more pasty than usual, his pallor indeed a sign of the fear he now suffered, having seen the full wrath of Riva. Once Riva recognized who he was, he covered the distance in a few strides, his mouth already beginning to leak black bile flames slipping from between his lips like a snake's forked tongue. Before he could issue another one of those horrendous maledictions, as Salvatore had heard them called, the soldier raised his hand. Riva, don't! We need to find out where the others are, if they're still alive. Riva's fury ebbed a bit, the black viscous liquid from his mouth relenting, the fires once licking the air now only stirring impatiently behind his lips. Salvatore grabbed a gruel from where he was sitting and lifted him to his face. Look, you mangled-looking fuck. I know you don't speak our language, but you goddamn well know why we're here. So where are our friends? 
A gruel began speaking, but it was just gibberish. Impatient and motivated by a severe hatred of the creature, Salvatore sent his fist crashing against the mouth of the deformed thing, a couple of teeth falling from a gruel's already misshapen mouth. You see, where I come from, a fella's liable to find himself dead in the dumpster after the shit you pulled. And while I ain't much of a fighter, my friend here is just champing at the bit to turn your insides out boil your blood, or whatever other sick and twisted fucking thing he's got up his sleeve. So I suggest you figure out real fast how to bridge this language barrier before he starts speaking again. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's something you don't want. So start fucking spilling. A gruel got the gist of the message and pointed northward. Salvatore could see something in the distance. Maybe a mansion or a dilapidated museum. A gruel tried to huddle back down, but Salvatore kept him upright. Oh, no, you don't, Goldilocks. You're coming with us. And if we don't find our friends alive, I got a feeling old River here is going to put a hurtin' on you like you ain't never felt. Salvatore looked back at River, who gave him a nod. There was respect in his eyes, a kind of pride. Salvatore felt juvenile for feeling good about it, like a kid who just gained some respect from his big brother. But he went with it, grabbing a gruel by the collar as they set off towards their goal. The opulence of the deeper parts of the city weren't foreign to the rest of the world's municipalities. The haves and have-nots had their separate territories, the former enjoying the luxuries of a finer life while the latter suffered beneath their boot heels. Salvatore imagined the dynamic was even more grueling here, given the nature of the citizenry. Regardless, the upper classes only glared with hatred from their stone and marble homes as the group continued on, uninterested in sharing the fate of their ruined neighbors. A short time later, as they approached the dilapidated mansion now covered in banks of fog, Salvador discerned the shadowy outlines of a number of figures walking towards them. Riva placed an arm in his path, giving him a wary look. Salvador nodded, and the pair waited, readying themselves for anything. When Wesley saw River and Salvatore standing in the middle of the stone pathway, he was elated. Guys! Jesus, you're okay! The groups converged, embracing one another. Jesus, River. <laughs> I feared they'd killed you. I'm glad you're still up and about, my old friend. River signed, the hint of a smile creeping above his mask. Eventually, the two groups took notice of their respective guests. Uh, uh who's that? Salvatore pointed toward Esmir, who stood there, marveling at the group. Oh, uh, that's Esmir. He helped us escape. Uh, is he? Very. But, um, he, he has no intention of harming us. Salvatore and Riva nodded. Truly, this must be one of the dark miracles of the serpent himself, sending those from beyond to help me with my good work. One of you even looks like one of the serpent's children. But now... He seems to have sprung from the loins of something potentially equally dark. What a true wonder! Wesley nodded again, trying to appease Asmir's strange musings. Uh, he speaks their weird language too, huh? Yeah, uh, I see you also brought a guest. A gruel stood there hunched, shivering like a beaten dog. I've, I've brought your friends to you. I've done as you asked. Now, now please, I beg you, please, please let me go. What's he saying? He wants us to let him go. A thought entered Wesley's mind. At first, he didn't think it could be his own, that the voice in his head must have planted it, but he realized these past few months had been hard on him. 
giving him an edge, an anger that he hadn't previously had. He could feel the voice in the mental void smiling, a little pride in what Wesley was about to do. You know, Esmere, a girl here was the most highly respected artist in Misereth. The whole town revered his works. Even Gothamir held him in high regard. You said you were looking for someone of a heightened pedigree. Well? Wesley gestured to a gruel, whose eyes went wide with worry, unsure of the implications. An artist, you say? Yes, yes, that will do perfectly. Who better than an artist to give back the serpent's blood in all of its wonderful shades? What? What are you doing? Who, who is this creature? Oh, I, uh, I guess a proper introduction is in order. Agrul, this is Esmir, better known by your people as the Bloodkeeper. I believe he's got big plans for you. No, 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 you can't do this. He'll, he'll kill me. Worse than kill me, please. As the man begged, Esmir grabbed him and began dragging him back to the mansion. Come, my little artist, we've much to do. You've been chosen for a higher purpose, you see. One that would see our lord walk these lands again. You should be honored. You'll be instrumental to his dark resurrection. Oh, certainly there will be the struggling and the screaming, but in the end, you'll have contributed to a greater cause. Just as they disappeared into the billowing mist, Esmir yelled to the group, Farewell, my strange friends. I wish you well in your endeavors, whatever they may be. As the reunited group turned and made their way back through the ruined city, a smile crossed Wesley's face, and a maniacal voice cackled from the basement of his thoughts. Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anslone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at Maltopia.com. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.